and welcome to the 125th edition of the Keen Minds podcast. We cover NBC's The Blacklist. This is Season 8, Episode 17, The Protean. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle, And I'm Tessa. And what'd you think? I like the episode. And I gotta say, and I rewatch, it improves. Uh, it improves a lot. Um, I found myself enjoying it enormously. I I love the Protean killing, wiping this team in one fell swoop. It was great. You're a very twisted human being. I say this with love, but you are a very twisted Thank human you. being. <laughs> well, uh, Essie and Skip were turncoats. Uh, so that, well, they were working for Liz, and they, Essie was working for Liz. Then she was working for Reddington. Then she was working for Liz again. She was going to betray Liz sooner or later. All right. So this is interesting. This, this is a... Let's just start here. I know we were going to start some other place, but this this is a good segue into it. Because while I understand, I understand from the writing point of view, from the storytelling point of view, why this had to happen. I get it. I I was emotionally distraught over it, but I did not, I was not upset with the writing about it. Um, I, I actually felt the need to apologize to poor Skip <laughs> after this episode because I was convinced Skip was going to go this woman is crazy she's going to get me killed and I need to do anything I can to save my own life because he he was a turncoat first chance he got he betrayed Red went to Liz threw his chips in with her it felt very on point for me if he would have done that. And yet he's got the gun pointed at him. And you can say what you will about would the guy have let him live or not, because I don't think he would have. But when you're staring down the barrel of a gun, a lot of people will say anything to try to prolong their lives in any way possible. Mm-hmm. And yet his reaction is to chuckle and say she's in the rainforest because that's what he just told her. You know, I know some guys in Costa Rica, give us, give me 24 hours and we can be in the rainforest. And mm-hmm. so instead of no, because he watched Liz, the shadow climb out the window. He knew exactly where she was. It wasn't that he didn't know. And so this guy is staring at me. Already shot him in the chest. I mean, he was a dead man anyway. With that, where he got mm. hit, he he was a dead man walking it, lying there anyway. But didn't betray her. Human reaction, yeah. Human reaction would have been for most people that have no, you know, that that aren't that have liquid loyalty, mm-hmm. would have been to betray her and try to prolong his own life, and yet. He just basically said, F you, you know, I'm not giving her up. And to me, that that was a surprise and apologies you're to right. Skip Hadley. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he didn't betray her at the end, but I don't think that he would have lived and he knew that he was dying. Um, and that's, that's what I'm saying. Is I don't think that really matters in that moment. Most human beings will try to prolong their life. They'll take whatever chance they can if they were going to betray her anyway. And that's what I'm saying. He proved loyalty in that moment right there. Mm. Yeah. True. True. We can we can we can give a few um 
bars for for Skip. He 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 turned code Essie. once, but yeah. Essie turned code three times. I think that's <laughs> good. I mean, that's you can you can trust that woman. I it's, you know she she could have just hid back and waited for it all to pass and let everyone else die. It's. Uh, I feel like you have to give credit where it's due here. These people that neither of us trusted ended up being, in Skip's case, exceptionally loyal. And in Essie's case, I would argue very loyal as well. Because she was out of sight, out of mind. Granted, the guy could have come back and, and shot like her it again did, there. Like it she, did. Uh, yeah. 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 And so, but exactly. But instead... She jumped him, tried to get the upper hand. It's it could have been also that, defending herself. I don't know that that would have been. And that's what I'm saying. Essie's is a little more iffy than Skip's. I think we can safely say Skip was very loyal in his final moments. Yeah. So yeah, yeah Essie could have lived better if she had just played dead. Very, very um, interesting way because I also felt one one thing about this, and it bothered me, is that I know that Rocco was supposed to be this crazy person and this whole thing, but nobody except Jack seemed to care about him. It's like the other one's like, oh, yeah, well, he's gone. That's bad. Yeah. Well, I got the impression that Jax knew him before. So I think Rocco and Jax came in together. And then you had Essie and Skip, who had been with Liz a little bit longer. And so I think that's where the loyalties came in, but agreed. Like, Jax is the only one that <laughs> gave a hoot about him. It's like, poor Rocco. I don't think yeah. he was nearly as crazy as Liz was putting on that he was either. He didn't seem to be. No. But agreed. Jax was the only one that cared. I, yeah. I would have liked to have known more about Jax. She, in the brief moments that we knew her, she seemed very interesting. Yeah, I agree there. Uh, but but, but did, you, did you catch the, I, and it's not a direct parallel, but it, I, I believe it was an emotional parallel, if nothing else. It, it elicited the same emotions, the same flashbacks between Essie injured and tackling the guy and the morgue scene at the end, looking over Skip and, and down the row. It felt very much, I, I made the comment in our group chat that we have, I said, well, that was an emotional connection to 508. Yes, yes, and and attacking the guy and all that. Yeah, you know, and, exactly. And also these people the like getting them in the place where they were. But Liz's security was pitiful. I mean, she still got a ways to go to being a criminal of any, to survive. She can't survive like that she she's a essentially a baby criminal at this point i mean red's had thir over 30 years to to get to where he is and he also had I, I think he had a leg up with it because he had intelligence training and so i mean she's been through the fbi she's a profiler she was married a lot of what liz uses actually comes from tom she's learned a lot from red but she has claim Tom on multiple things that she's used over the years. Mm. I, I, was, so, I was surprised that she didn't have like code works for them. They were speaking clearly. Um, and she did with Agnes. Yeah. She had it set up with Agnes. That kid is smart. She yeah. is 100% a keen. 
that was that was her mom and dad's intelligence molding yeah. in there. Well, you knew that you know from there on is she's got to go into a spy school. That kid is <laughs> wasted there. Oh, uh, yet another reason why Tom should have lived. He yeah, could just and be definitely the one to protect that kid is Scotty. If Liz had any common sense, Scotty would be why the one. She, exactly. Why is she not with Scotty? She's. I, I understood it when she was going to be with Agnes all the time, but why would she not send her to live with Scotty? Heaven knows Scotty would be able to get her in and out to see her. Like she that's would, not a you know, she would be. Uh, Scotty, uh, Scotty could be able would be able to protect Agnes properly. I mean, she has an entire military yeah. operation there. If that kid can be protected by anybody, it's not Mrs. French, whoever exactly. Mrs. French is. It's Scotty Hargrave. She, yeah, I I was against her going to, to stay with Scotty because I, I was very much for Liz bringing Agnes with her. But at this point, she's never with Agnes. And so she could probably be with Agnes as much if she was with Scotty as she is now. So why on earth not send her to someone like Scotty Hargrave? And who you know, is Neville a- Townsend and an organization that is, and money and resources that, she can't match. So there is two people that with, with whom Agnes could be safe, Red and Scotty. And Scotty, in this point, have actually more my, um, my trust with uh, protecting Agnes. So this, this is to me, it feels like Liz is back in some, some sort of, of weird mind state, like almost trance-like. Trans, it felt to me that way. In this episode? Yeah. I, you know, I didn't. I didn't get that. Um, real fast, since we were talking about parallels, and that, that leads mm-hmm. into another one that I saw. And I, I I was writing it out for Tumblr, and I looked at him like, well, this sounds like a crazy person. This is the perfect spot I, for this. It is. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the good thing is I sent it over to a friend and without having to make it sound, I was just like, here's this scene and then this scene and it leads to this scene. She was like, I thought so too. And I went, yay, I'm not crazy. Um, <laughs> Are we crazy together? It could be too. But when, when Liz is talking to Wrestler right after Jennifer is killed and she's throwing these like strangers clothes <laughs> How would you like to be those people to come home to your house? Your car is missing. It's been impounded by the FBI. With a body on it. With a body on it. Somebody has been living in your home and has stolen your clothes. Like, that would make me very uncomfortable. Regardless, Liz is throwing this random woman's clothes into a, into a suitcase to use. Talking to Not Rachel. her suitcase either. Yeah, exactly. Not any of her Well, stuff. at this point, what's the difference? Yeah, exactly. I mean, just hoping the woman's food. somewhere her size. Maybe you in know. your bed. And, you know, it kind of serves these people, right, for, for not stopping their mail. Clearly, they have been gone for a long while. Stop your mail or have someone check on your home. Do not let that happen with a street-facing home. Sir. And now there's an assassin coming in there. Yeah, it's great. It's... But anyway, um, the parallel that I saw was when Liz was talking to Russ and she said she's talking about, I want you to bury my sister. I'll pay for it. Maybe somewhere nice with a view. My brain immediately switched over. And when I went to go rewatch the scene, 
it's not the same wording, but it's definitely the same feel. And like I said, I feel like a lot of the parallels that I was catching in this were weren't direct parallels. Mm-hmm. But the scene when Red and Kate are out on that little acre of land, and mm-hmm. he says, you know, you've always wanted somewhere um, with quiet with a view. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he doesn't say with a view. There is no with the view. But it's it's very much that gist. I, my brain remembered him saying with a view. Uh, he doesn't actually, though. But regardless, I was ready to toss the Kate theory that I've been like 99% on board with out until that moment. I went, well, maybe, you know, I'm going to stick a pin in it, think about it. But when I went back to go rewatch the season four scene, and I do not typically put a lot of weight on musical parallels because they can change with streaming. But do you know whose song was playing during that scene? During the Jennifer scene? Gordon no, Lightfoot? No, during, uh, d- during Kate's scene. Yeah, Kate's quote Gordon Lightfoot. It was Gordon Lightfoot that Aram called out in this episode. Yes. And I went... Okay, I I'm a, I'm not willing to budge either yeah, direction. That, that was also it during was Diane Fowler scene. Yeah, but yeah, that that was <clears throat> excuse me. That it, I sounded like a crazy person trying. I like right now having spelled it all out there. It's like I see it, but I I am also well aware. I sound like a crazy person at my conspiracy board going, but do you see where it connects here? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, but, but, but you're in the right spot. Cause I feel exactly the same way. So I, I didn't make exactly those connections, but definitely as soon as, as Aram said, I started talking about Gordon Lightfoot. I'm like, Oh boy, Jennifer's dead. Everybody else is dead. Everybody's going to die. It's like, who do, and he's talking about, I want this played at my funeral, which makes me very nervous for a rom. Mm. I mean, why, why, but, you know, I guess I know other people that have funeral music all picked out. I don't, I won't care. You know, throw Freddie Mercury on, I'll be happy from heaven or something. I don't know. Yeah, so the whole thing about, about this, um, I just love the fact that it starts and they're all there having this like little family dinner and Liz goes out to, to talk and she comes back and everybody else is dead. I just loved it for some reason. It was just oh, great. Because you're a twisted human being. <laughs> probably, probably. But it was just like, oh my God, you know, like. I, I but it's so, shock. it's so, oh, it was totally for the shock factor. Um, But another shock factor we'll get into later is the one I'm really mad about. I mean, I understand needing to isolate her from her team, from the new team she's formed up. I get yeah, that. She we've has to we've go done back that into Brett. being alone. Like, you know, she's, 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 she's going into a parallel with both Katerina and red being alone, mm-hmm. being on the run, being hunted. Yep, exactly. And so, I mean, like, I understand that. She cannot have a support system through that. I do get that. I think where my hesitation, no, that that's too light of a word. My frustration and my irritation came was when they dug Jennifer out of hiding 
just to kill her. It was I like, loved it! Uh, yeah, and you and I are going to differ dramatically there, because I, I'm just like, okay, you took a mythology-heavy character, and, and some of this is, I am well aware, is I had certain expectations put on Jennifer. And immediately, I thought, my, my thought when she died was, well, if it turns out that, um, that uh, Carla Reddington really is dead, this is how Tessa's going to feel. <laughs> if we find out for sure that that wasn't a fake death, that's how I felt last night watching the episode is how you're going to feel. So mm. I, I just, that's it. I, I, I expected more out of this woman that was so deeply threaded into mythology. And yet she was just, I mean, not even, not even to the point that Fiona is just an amazing actress and has such a huge, you know, a huge potential for what she can do. I mean, that, that's, neither here nor there necessarily you know just because you get a fantastic actress doesn't mean she has to be some secret you know badass but it's the the woven into mythology jennifer's been there since season one and this is all we've got i suppose there's a chance something could still pop up but for me that oh nobody's really, i mean even if you're really dead because you hit the water from a bridge or because you got a, you know, they left you in the back of a car. There is still, or because your head exploded, there is also flashbacks, ghosts, hallucinations. Uh, People are never really dead and gone. I, you know, maybe it's kind of like lost. Death is complicated. Um, <laughs> but I just, to me, what that said, I had a very emotional reaction, probably not in the way the writers were intending for me to have an emotional reaction mm -hmm. to it. My reaction to Jennifer's death was, one, that was for for um, the shock factor. Two, that basically told me, if you thought we were going to circle back around to Garvey and a deeper relationship here and what, what she had to do with all that, haha, you put too much into this basket. I don't think that that is necessarily a a gone possibility. Then we're looking at multiple people being dead that we need that we need for that answer. We have Garvey being dead, but okay, we can still. I'm sorry, we got Tom being dead, but it's okay. We can still find answers because Garvey's alive. Garvey's dead. Okay, but we can still find answers because Jennifer's alive. Now Jennifer's dead. Yeah. But but they remember there is one thing is first Jennifer does uh, she takes Jennifer's phone and it, that is a very highlighted moment that that tells you where they're going with this there is things that Liz is going to find out from there and all the things that Jennifer did I mean if Jennifer is the one who really uh, fabricated a a DNA report that told Liz that uh, Red is not Raymond Reddington. You can still find that out because that's in CODIS. All you need to know is what was done with Liz Badger through Garvey, and you can find what the real uh, match was. And Liz is Jennifer's phone, and I have a feeling that's going to prove to be a trove of good things coming. Well, actually, the task force now has Jennifer's phone. No, Liz too. Because, well, they just arrested her. So if she had it on her, the task force now has it. True that. 
Yes. So they have it. So that's an interesting thing that could happen. Um, so there is there is ways that you can go around. And I know that Fiona just started a new series. So it, to me, it felt like as soon as I heard that, it's like she's going to get killed somehow because it's going to be very difficult for, for them to bring her back. They, you know, for more than a, a flashback or a hallucination or uh, ghosts or you know, all the other ways that people die but don't die in the blacklist. Uh, but definitely that's a connection to a lot of things. Um, and there is there is a very interesting moments that happen with Jennifer. Um, first, she's, she's in Baltimore, so she's not really that hidden. She has a new name. Was she in Baltimore? Yep, she was in Baltimore. Oh, I thought she was going up to New England. Nope. She was supposed to go to Long Island, but yeah. she was oh, right okay. there in Baltimore. Uh, the name Sarah something, and now with a date of birth of 1983. And she seemed to be doing rather well for herself. I mean, that was a really nice residence she had. Yeah, and she wasn't supposed to be. Last we, last we saw her, she wasn't going back into witness protection. She had a friend on Long Island that mm-hmm. she was going to go see. And so she was basically hiding herself at that point. I felt like she was, there was, she was not being truly honest. And for me, the 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 parallel that I made with that scene with those scenes with Jennifer was going right back to when Liz goes to see Red in season six, when Jennifer is taken by Markowitz, and she goes and sees Red and gives them this this cockamamie story about. Jennifer just called me crying and said that they had taken her and she needed my help and I couldn't even get to it because there were some, as soon as I got to her, there were some people that took her. It just, like, for some reason, I started thinking, payback's a bitch, <laughs> especially when there's two of them. Oh, there, there's there's a pa- uh, parallel I, that I didn't catch. It was the story and calling her crying. So there is, and there is a lot of there in in there, and I gotta I gotta do that gif of those of that look that Jennifer gives Liz um, when she's dying, and I, and he says, you know, whatever I did to him, look what he did to me, whatever I did to him, and Liz says you didn't do anything, and then she says this very bizarre thing, I did something, I was your sister. Which is a very weird phrasing, uh, because think about it. The normal phrasing for that would be, "I did something." If it's an ac- accusatory thing, it would be, "I did something. I am your sister. That's what I did to get shot." It, it's it's all on you for being you and for me being your sister. See, Correct? that's how I took it. That's how I took it. Yeah, the phrase but the that she used. is wrong. It's not, I am your sister. This is happening to me. I'm dying because I am your sister. You don't stop being somebody's sister because you're dying. So there was something very bizarre in that wording she used. I did something. I was your sister. And and so, Hmm. and the look she gave him was a look of, of, it wasn't a nice look. She definitely was like, I hate you right now. 
Well, see, I took that as I did something. Like, the only thing I did was I was your sister. That's what's gotten me killed. And so in that moment, yeah, she did hate her. Because she is dying because she was her sister. That's Because how I, I am your sister. That's, I mean, think about writing that that way. Yeah, no, no, that's that's fair. It, it's a good point to make. I'm just telling you how I took it as an audience yeah. member watching it. Yeah. But you may have a good point. It may be very intentional wording. Yeah. So to me, there was another thing that I thought about. Why would I use that kind of wording instead of the more normal? I did something. I am your sister. That's what I did. Being your sister. That's my that's my sin. That's what got me here with a hole in my stomach instead I I thought well how about if what she's doing is it, it she's going on something else whatever I do to this guy for him to to get me in here and then there is a pause there when Liz is saying like no you didn't do anything this is not your fault and Jennifer turns and says I did something I was your sister. Let's interrupt her. And then she started like wailing again. And I thought, what if that was a, a, the start of a confession? I did something. I was your sister and I did this to you. Or I, because if she's the one who convinced Liz that Red is not their father, everything that is happening now can be put squared on her. Interesting. And that would go back to, once again... Responsibility. Exactly. That, okay, you know, uh, when I made the comment to someone, I said, Tesla and I are going to view this very differently. I was hoping there might be a chance that you could add a bit of... A different angle I hadn't thought about it from. That's a possibility there. I hadn't thought about the the deathbed confession. Because there was... There was something in there. There was a change. In, in acting, you call them bits. I think in writing, mm-hmm. you used to call them bits. So there was a bit. There was a bit when, you know, she's going like, what did I do? She's crying and all that. And Liz is like, no, you didn't do anything. You didn't. It's not your fault. And then she changes and goes, I did something. And she turns and looks at Liz. And I was your sister if such a strange phrasing. But if you're going to say, I was your sister and I did this to you, then the past tense makes sense. Because it was, I was your sister and I did this to you in the past. So everything is in the past. You know, I had found you as my sister and I did this to you. Because think about it. Let's say that that is that Jennifer is the one who created a fake report and made Liz believe that Red is not her father. What would be the the situation if she hadn't done this? She would have found that that she killed a woman that she believes is your father, but is your father killing your mother? You at least give your father a chance to explain. Except she believes Red is this strange who took the name and now she doesn't. She she wouldn't be in this situation. And this situation came back to haunt Jennifer. At the end, it was her. And so that to me made, made sense. And he went back to that scene where 
you know, she's making up like she would call crying. And there it is. Jennifer calls crying. I say, why is she crying so much? Because it was like, Jennifer called me crying and I just got there and I couldn't even hear what she was saying because she was crying so bad. So this to me feels like, yes, we're going back to what Jennifer did. And this is responsibility. Maybe so. That's that's interesting. Start tracing it back there. And I think that we're going to, to see that whatever happened with that phone and with that life, it's going to be very interesting for two things. She was in, DC, in the D.C. area and in Baltimore, and she was living in a rather good, nice place. And at this point, we still have no idea. We have 10 missing years of her. We have no idea what she did. We have, I mean, think about all the things that you do between except for the fact, mm-hmm. except for the fact that one, she was supposedly. We have several facts here. We know that she was supposedly in witness protection. Her case officer was Garvey. Uh, Ian Garvey and had been Ian Garvey for a lot of years. He treated her. She knew his family. She treat. He treated her as a daughter. They were close. And And he was a drug dealer. Yeah. And supposedly she didn't know about that, but that entire conversation could have been staged. Um, The other thing that we do know is that she was current. She was bartending when Liz and Aram found her. Or waitressing. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's but that is a very strange thing because when they found her as Lillian May Roth, very interesting name because Roth means red. Um, that identity didn't have traces of college; it was just a bare bones identity. Like she appeared out of nowhere two years before. Adam Aram said she had no college, no kids, no husband, nothing. It seems like it was just like he literally plucked her. In, 2000, in 2017, out of whatever life she was living and put her away. And, and it is very strange, this whole situation with Garvey, because think about it. We got Garvey doing drugs. Then we got, she's taken by Markowitz, also doing drugs. And I'm starting to go back to, was Ian Garvey really the brains behind the Nash Syndicate? Or was little mousy um, Carla Reddington also doing being the brain behind the outfit? Because this show is not very audacious in the way that they cast. And Mary Louise Parker did weeds. A housewife who was really a drug dealer. So just to keep it, because the drugs keep circling back we keep going there wrestler was getting hooked on opioids and then all that it's just going a lot and red doesn't like drugs it's not his territory except for doing them himself (laughs) a little opium a little opium here and there and something else i can remember i think he dropped acid as a younger person probably talked about dropping acid a couple times uh, and peyote in, in the, yeah. the with the Navajo tacos afterwards. And he goes for the hallucinogenics. 
Yeah. He goes for the hallucinogenics is what he does. Hey, if I had that life, I probably would be doing something like that. <gasps> oh, my gosh, Red. Uh. Now, what did you made up? Because we started talking about that, and then we dropped it. You said that you don't think that Liz was in a kind of altered state of consciousness. No, I don't. I, I think she was... I think she was very emotional. I think, especially in that final scene where she had um, the uh, protein, you know, with the gun to him, and she said, are you the one that killed my sister? Are you the one? I think she was very angry, very emotional. I think that she was not looking at things clearly, but I didn't necessarily see the... Glaze look. Yeah, it, it was angry, not glazed. Okay, this is why the this is why I'm I'm going for this. Lisa been saying a lot of very strange things at points. Um, for example, in one of those things, she said, uh, "Liz killed my father." Okay, so Red did kill Sam. No, uh, Red killed my father. Yeah, I was like, true. wait, what? <laughs> um. He killed my grandfather. That's absolutely not true. Because he was killed by a little blonde cat. And Liz, with their interrogation and getting him so upset that he started having a seizure until he just died. Yeah. And said, kill my husband. You know, we can put some responsibility on Red, but... One thing Red did not do is kill Tom. Yeah, he didn't pull the trigger. It yeah. wasn't it wasn't a direct responsibility. Yeah. As in it wouldn't have been like if if he if Tom had died from um I put him in a job and he failed and I put him in yeah. a very dangerous circumstance and you know what? It was a, a foregone thing that he was gonna die. It wasn't that kind of circumstance. Liz could have said, you know, he had a lot of of responsibility uh, in it, but not like killed him. The way that she was saying, like, he killed Sam, he killed there, Dom, and he killed my husband. There's a difference in he killed this person and he is responsible for this person's death. Yeah, or responsible to an extent to this person's death. Whatever, I, I whatever could see Liz, you know, big I, or, or... I could see Liz right now. Saying I mean, yeah. that he was he was responsible for Tom's yeah. death, but that's not what she said. She said killed him. Exactly. So that's a little weird. And in this opportunity, yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you. So that that was back then, and it was weird because it was like this was just going back into this like almost like programming thing in which Red is guilty of absolutely everything that happens. And then in this in this episode. She she heard Townsend making a very, very direct connection. I am going to, I want you to reflect on loss and I'm going to give it back to Red. I am going to kill Liz while Red watches. But the same thing then happened to me when I saw my family killed. And she gets out of there. She's running and she says to Cooper that Red is hunting her to hurt her. 
that is the most bizarre connection that's been red sand um priya in there in order to protect her to to make sure that it didn't happen he was she was red was in the in the van and saying please don't go out this man is insane you have no idea what he's going to do she even said if you're not watching uh this he's not going to do it so the fact that she's not connecting those two things why would he connect loss and losing his family to killing me in front of red and he's not even going to call kill me unless red is watching and she's not saying well maybe i am red's family okay so i thoroughly as a third party viewer understand your your path there and agree with you mhm but look at liz look at the point of view we have come to know over eight seasons as of right now her truth that is embedded in her mind is raymond reddington as she knows him you know the, the man in the hat you know is not her father there was another man he stole his identity that was her father he is dead and so because that is her truth that she lives in that's not going to even cross her mind whether that's programming with whether that's just the way she lives her life and she hasn't been able to break free of those habits i'm not sure okay so she doesn't make the connection that you know that it seems like she's related to red because he's, what about red is hunting her that like one's bizarre on, yeah, yeah it's like woman she sent priya there with nothing to try to protect you and he was in the van and like can you don't leave and all she's thinking is is you don't have stepanov and he's maybe, hunting me the only thing i can think of for that is that maybe she thought it was a temporary truce i mean she didn't kill him in the van either they were working together to get out it was a temporary truce and maybe she thought as soon as they were both free then suddenly she's he not safe. never been trying to kill her she thinks she's not safe until she has the answers. That's she can't a, that's, yeah, that sounds starting to look at me like Kate is about to get make another appearance because it's it's almost like every time she goes back remember Liz at the in in season in in 3B when she started like well this is your fault and this is your fault and things that were not even like near red like this is your fault and 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 there were things in which red you could you know you could say well you know not saying this or not doing that but in in all this there is a lot of things that Liz has in process and i know that the audience have in process okay that i i feel that that there is going to be a repeat of of Liz in season B this feels just like Liz pregnant and blaming everything under the sun to red it felt it, this feels very much like Liz working to give the baby away going behind red's back behind tom's back behind everybody's back just like furious that somebody's going to say anything and lying to everybody about like yeah 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 the father is on board and meanwhile tom is like desperate doing stuff to try to keep his kid and she's looking miserable doing it this feels to me like 
this is Liz doing exactly the same thing. Like she keeps going back. I, I have a feeling that that Kate's programming started in childhood with that little, you know, you're wise, you're loved. It was like an activation for her to obey things. And I even had this weird thought that I'm going to put in here because I, because why not? We're doing crazy stuff today. Um, what if that deleted scene or a news scene in which she's in that barn with Kate and Kate is sounding like she's totally out there. It's actually not an unused scene, but it happened. Just Liz doesn't remember it. Now, remind me what it's been a while since I've seen that scene. Remind me what Kate said in it. It says that, you know, it's OK if I had to send you to jail. It's, it's absolutely fine. I had to do all that. And it's, this is just to protect your kid because you're gone. And, you know, I had to do all that because, you know, you were you were enabling Red and whoever enables Red has to go. And I I just felt like there's something when Liz goes back to these kind of things that make no sense, because even if she thinks that, hey, this guy is not Raymond Reddington, um, the fact that Townsend believes so and she never told him like, hey, you know what? This guy, I mean, I am Raymond Reddington's daughter, but this guy is not Raymond Reddington. Tells me that maybe deep underneath, she thinks that may not be true. Because why wouldn't you even say, like, this guy is not even the Raymond Reddington, you you know, you know, this is, this is somebody that I don't know who he is. He's just some Russian operative that decided to hire as the father that, oh, by the way, I killed. Yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent point. So this whole thing that she's doing, it doesn't make a lot of logical sense. And the fact that she's going into this weird flights to me feels like there is something going on, something. She may be trying to break through that Kate programming. Maybe. I hope it's, so. I, like I said, I'm kind of back and forth on the programming at this point because I, and it may just be, I, I don't think we're designed at this point in the show to be 22 episodes long. I just, I don't think it is a good setup. I mean, not that they care what I think, but <laughs> it's <laughs> it, it, at some point the show, as it started getting to the end, they're continuing with 22 episodes, but the story they're telling feels like it should be much more condensed. And that's where we get to our pacing issues that I've complained about since almost day one that will have things I, I always go back to season two with the major we had the major the major the major and then we didn't resolve the major he just disappeared you know tom comes back tom's a freaking sitting duck and nothing is said about it until halfway through season three and it that's because there's a pacing issue it's paced like a very 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 long feature and mm. if this were a feature and they could condense it into a two and a half hour show, it would make more sense. Yeah. But because they're having a miniseries, not, not a two and a half hours. But, you know, well, a miniseries of like 35 episodes, it would be perfect. Yeah, well, I'm just saying that like even like these later seasons, when we're so deep into it, I feel like it's more of a you could have gotten away with. 15 episodes a season 
yeah. something in there and, and probably felt a lot more organic. They're having to stretch certain storylines out so much to make sure they reach their 22 that it's it doesn't make sense. As we're watching, and maybe it'll make more sense when you binge it. Because mm-hmm. yeah, when you binge I it, you're that watching that's, so that's a big deal with with the blacklist. Is well, to it's, binge we're, it. we're in a really tough spot in television right now because not especially network television because not only do they have to make it for those of us that are watching live or the next day, you know, but with each new episode each mm-hmm. week, but they also need a story that can be watched binged through. It's a very difficult thing. I'm not saying that it's easy and this should have been dealt with. I mean, I think it should have been dealt with, but it's not an easy thing to deal with. Mm. Uh, what did you think about about that that um, exchange between Cooper and and Red? Or or you uh, want to go first into the into the into Red and the Bingo? Um, Let's save the bingo for last. Uh, Let's do task force. Um, So you're talking about when Red just expects them to bypass the DOJ? Well, he first first goes there and says, like, well, I need those numbers. And normally if he had done that, Aram would have just usually said, Shuri, I'm on to it. Or he would have just asked uh, Jellybean and said, you know what, I need I need something. Or Borakov or whoever. Takeda or yeah. anybody. It's and and then they were yeah. like, oh my like like, oh please, I knew this was not gonna work. This is the craziest idea you've had in a long time. Well, I don't know why he thought Cooper was gonna say yes. Because I mean not only about saving Elizabeth. It's it's one thing, but the, here's the thing. It's a chain of command sort of thing. This isn't something that Cooper could just get. He would have to, he's relying on outside sources to get it. Or asking Aram to hack the DOJ, which is a little iffy. And it's one thing to go and set up a, a um, you know, a heist somewhere where, they may or may not get caught. It's a totally different thing to ask Aram to hack the DOJ. It's, I was talking about this with someone else saying, oh, well, you know, they've done illegal things for Red in the past. I said, yeah, but it's one thing to hand off someone that the task force has in their custody that hasn't necessarily been put on paper yet because they're a black, you know, they're taking it to a black site. Hand that person over to Red before they're ever logged in anywhere. That's one thing. But to ask Cooper to run it up the ladder to get these numbers from the DOJ is bringing in people that aren't read into this, that wouldn't be on board with this. And Red's basically saying, well, make something up. Get it figured out. And he's asking him to do the impossible. Unless Cooper's a a criminal. If Cooper wants to be a criminal, fine. He could probably get it Mm -hmm. done. But he's not. He's He's an assistant director of the FBI. There are lines there. No matter mm. how much he adores Liz, there are lines there. I think there. he's also Red, got to the point where he's like, I'm done with Liz. Uh, that look he gave her at the end was like, we're done. Well, I think he's done with Red, too, because Red was expecting stuff that he just shouldn't be expecting from the FBI task force. It's, he it's was absurd. Desperate. But he was I desperate. know he was, but it was absurd. And he, but he keeps. And Demba said it. Pushing. I told you. 
Yeah. I mean, and Dembe was right, clearly. I mean, but he, he should never have asked that. It was never a thing that they could say, oh, yeah, that can be done. It never I was love going that to Cooper be. actually smiled this time. When he gave him the number. Which time? When Cooper is getting in the car <laughs> and he tells him about um, who's the number, the name of the guy, and said, yeah, I know we're in the hotel already. And he, he, he smiles, and it was a real smile. We haven't seen but they got the, smile. They, they got the inf- Hang on, let me track it back. They got the information from... Where the did they phone. get that information? The cell phone. Red gave them the name. Yeah, because, because they, found, they found him because he attacked Liz and Jennifer, and... That's how they tracked phone. it. Oh, yeah. oh, it's the bullet. It was through the bullet. So it had yeah. nothing to do with the DOJ. They were tracking which by the way, a lot of people use nine millimeters. So that's that's a little ex- you know, extreme. I'm a little surprised that they would be able to track it that way. But they did. Okay. You know, put a little bit of disbelief on the shelf there. Mm. And so they track it through the nine millimeter. They find this. They find, you know, the guy that they're looking for. And that's how they get the name. Mm-hmm. But at some point in there, Cooper actually smiles. A real smile. We haven't seen... We, do you notice that we haven't seen any of these characters smile for a long time? Any of no. who? Hmm? Sorry, you're cutting out really badly. What, what would you say? No, haven't seen who smile? Nobody. <laughs> what do they have to be happy about? I don't know, but I would love a nice, a nice moment. Just uh, they don't. There is misery being passed around at every corner. Of course, they're not smiling. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I mean, um, Red's nuking birds and. <laughs> oh, okay. We gotta talk about Red and and his interrogation because this was. This was a throwback to Red with the with a little dog from the Russian ambassador in season three, and um, uh, threatening to kill Robert Vesco's cat, and he says, "You're not gonna kill my cat." Yeah, but I've caught the toes. Uh, what I, else? I think the uh, and the, the bulldog on the bulldog that he takes hostage, and in reality it takes him to. A little spa day. <laughs> it's like I, I never thought for a second that Red was going to do it. But the talk mi- about like maybe with sauce or oh. something like that. And I I have a very, very visual imagination. So I saw that bird exploding <laughs> in my <laughs> mind. I was not comfortable with that image. <laughs> but like most of the things that Red threatens with, I mean, some of them are hilarious. Um that and the fact crazy. that he was saying it, and 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 Dembe was was going there, you know that Dembe would not have done that, and you know because Red is such a softy with animals, you know he saved that eagle and said, "What's the wrong owl. with you people?" That, yeah, it was the, the, owl. the owl. Yeah, what's wrong with you people? Well, I actually I thought about that in that scene. Like I know he's not going to do it, but I was so uncomfortable with it. <laughs> But it, I mean, it works. It works great because it, you know he goes for those little soft moments and 
And the guy was like, oh, come on, do it. Just, just do it. That was, um, it, it was feeding him salmon. Yeah, was, overcooked salmon. Yeah. I think it's salmon, salmon. Yeah. There was like, it was just funny. And so it, it reminded me of when the Russian ambassador comes and he has the little dog in there. And it's like, there is all these great scenes that I'd throw him back. And did you notice that Liz also hit this, uh, the protein with the uh, car? It was yeah. so reminiscent of the freelancer. Yep. Yeah, so I thought. we're getting a lot of little images that go right back there. And that's what I mean about emotional parallels. It's things that bring you back to that moment. It's it, They're hard to pinpoint. And they may, for for casual audience, they may not even know that they're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But, but they're there. Like, yeah, it's going to tug it back. It, and it was it was a great scene when they were you know all of them had the guns pointed at the car, and Liz is there and she has a gun and you know and you could tell that at this moment there was not a softy there not even wrestler was like I'm I'm getting control of this situation. She, she was trying with wrestler. Notice that she went to wrestler was the person she kept. Everybody else was yelling at her and she kept going wrestler and because she he's the weak link. Yeah. But not even that. I mean, he was like, I'm done. I'm kind of surprised Alina Park didn't shoot her. Yeah. <laughs> Must have been tempting, though. It's Okay. And I, I think I kind of answered my own question by finding why they were bringing so much pressure, so, so much attention on to the Gordon uh, Lightfoot songs. But... I think one of the reasons it's really hard to connect with her is she's just kind of a bitch sometimes. I don't use that word lightly, but like, I was just like, what is your problem <laughs> when, when Aram's like, so I made this connection and it did this. And she's just like, that's a really lame connection. And you're just <laughs> like, who hurt you? Like, why are you such a crabby human being? Like, all the time. <laughs> but wouldn't you be? They get you out of Alaska. So, okay, you're in the doghouse there. And then they put you in this task force where you start getting bloodied all over. And you're working with this criminal. And you got to be feeling a little uncomfortable that you actually have more in, in common with a criminal in, than you do with any FBI agent. Yeah, would be just... a bit uncomfortable. She's a very crabby human being. Maybe crabby is a better better word to use. And and apparently Liz is is I mean, Liz next victim is going to be maybe wrestler. I mean somebody you know that somebody's gonna get and do you wanna place a uh a, a bet that Agnes is going to get taken? That kid is gonna get taken absolutely maybe yes. I see. I'm not that certain. She's already been taken once, but that doesn't mean she won't be taken again. Um, I thought you were gonna ask me to place a bet on something else. <laughs> About what? Uh, spoilers for anybody that haven't seen the flat uh, the the previews for next week. Uh, wrestler getting shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's gonna absolutely it's... getting wrestler shot. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, because we've seen wrestler fake shot so many mm-hmm. times. Yes. And I, I always tell people, I'm like, you, 
these previews that they put out, they are marketed to make you think something. And not 99% of the time is not you. It does not pan out the way they want you to think it pans out. No, not so even the when they saw him shot. Most likely, I, I don't yeah. know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's a it's an interesting um, thing. First so thing. I I think they certainly want us. Yeah, definitely. Um. So. I think the only thing we really have left is the bingo night. The bingo night. I love the bingo night. I know you didn't, but I, I love it. It was great. And especially because Ren I, has I all these I'm elaborate the only, stories. And then he's, I think know, I'm the only one in the fandom that didn't like it. Like, I've heard very positive things. Like, that's the only thing I liked at the entire episode. It was the highlight. And I'm like, I didn't. At first, I wasn't, and to be fair, my, I, I no longer have cable. I cut cable when I moved out to LA, moved out to LA. And so I use what I have had younger people in the fandom literally not know what I mean when I say this, but I use a pair of rabbit ears to, to get my local station. So I can still watch it, but there, it's antenna that, that reach out to the local stations and I can't pause it. I have to watch it live. I I try to do that on the night of. It's at 8 p.m. Pacific mm-hmm. time. Is it airs here? So two hours after everybody else has watched it, we finally get it on the West Coast. And because I watch it with with rabbit ears, it'll fritz in and out sometimes, just depending on how strong the signal is. And last night was not great. I missed. Um, one of my now, and I say this cringing as I say it because I it broke my heart when I finally rewatched it this morning on on Amazon. But the the rainforest comment that Skip said, I had no clue what he said. So like I, I missed the previous rainforest statement, and then like it fritzed out when he mm-hmm. said, "Well, she's in." And so anyway, um, when I watched it last night. I did not understand. I, I, I knew that they were giving them these numbers and somehow they were verifying, but I, I wasn't following how they were doing that. I still think it was a little bit iffy, but it's oh, a blacklist. Oh, come on, the excuses they There's were doing. Lot. I'm working with, like, diamonds, and we make, like, diamonds out of your loved ones. And all and that, excuses. That's the thing is I, I think it must have fritzed out while they were doing that because it wasn't until my rewatch was like, okay, so they're, they're lying to these people. It's not like they're just calling them up and being like, I'm looking for so-and-so. Yeah, they're making up all these great excuses and they're getting all involved and Red is like giving them sandwiches. And of course, he remembers now everybody's name in there and he knows what they're – and you can totally see Red going there once whenever he needs something done <laughs> just coming this little army being paid by the by the shit it's just perfect to me it was just perfect and then it's like you know and then it was literally just like father reddington like oh how funny is that <laughs> i don't know i i think and the it's story and paula's like story is like he embezzled I, money and I did love that. There was something really interesting because when 
Ready when making Glenn, this story that makes no sense. and Yeah, but when, when Glenn would go on his tirades, and, I mean, they were, it was this, it was that. He had all these stories. It was always, Yeah, it was always to get under Red's skin, to irritate him. But and so I think I think Red was prepared for that with Paula when she went on her bingo night tangent, mm-hmm. which seemed like a tangent. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. And then brought it around. It was because it was exactly what he needed. I thought that was really interesting. Mm. And so Red has some preconceived ideas of Paula, I think, because of her son. And yet we see while we see the same tendencies, the reasoning behind it is very different, mm-hmm. which I find fascinating to watch. Glenn learned to tirade off of his mother. Or not tirade. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 to go, just go, go on, on tangents and tangent, keep going and going. To yeah. tangent from his mother. But his reason for tangenting is very different. He never than his took mother. anything seriously and was not afraid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it was. It was a. I thought the episode was in general enjoyable. Um, I would have loved to get a little more mythology out of a deep mythology character, but on the other hand, you know, the phone is in somebody's hands, and there is, you know, and there is always hallucinations. um, Yeah, I, I, I think that for me, and I, I appreciate you giving me a different angle to look at because that for me made me so angry. At at how they handled Jennifer, it felt like they just brought her back to kill her, which is what they did with Tom. Just they took a longer point getting there. Mm-hmm. They brought him back from redemption just to kill him, and I've I've never quite forgiven them for that because they swore that they were going to respect the family unit. Well, they're going to respect one of the members right into an early grave. Um, oh well, now there is not much left because Liz. I mean, as they said. She can't survive in, as an FBI. She can't go to jail. Um, and, I mean, to be fair, she's not really that good. I mean, the fact that she, the moment that she started on, on associating herself with this uh, criminal like Townsend, she should have gone into all, you remember when Red said, I evaluated all my vulnerabilities? Because somebody was attacking my business and among them, you know, and she's thinking, oh, that's just me. The fact that she didn't do that and had, she had a system in place for Agnes, but she should have had the same for every one of them, including Jennifer. She should have a code word. Especially since they clearly showed that they had been in communication. Yeah. And and obviously the Protean and Townsend have somebody inside the FBI because the information they had on everything was very up to date on what had happened. Yep. And so I, it'll be interesting. I think next week we'll see that this, this town, this new Townsend directive will go after the task force is my guess. I, I, I think that the season is going to end with, I mean, it just seems inevitable. The Agnes will be taken. Because that united Red and Liz when they were pretty angry at each other. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else? I do not. All right. Well, you guys can talk to us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Tumblr, and Reddit. And you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify.
And until, until next, next time. Are we having a show next week? I think so. I think we're having one next week. And then we're off for two weeks for the, um, Olympics. the Olympics. And so sometime during those two weeks, we can tackle the outstanding questions. Oh, my God. There's so many. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> Everybody's Your life has been a little crazy. It has. It's been crazy. So, All right. Until next week. Until Bye-bye. next time.